Hello and welcome back to Estly Podcast, a production brought to you by the Education and Sustainable Livelihood Youth Initiative Interreligious Dialogue on SDG3 and COVID-19 with support from the Embassy of the United States. My name is Maina Emmanuel. In our previous podcast, we talked about the awareness of the second wave of COVID-19 in Nigeria. We also estrayed the facts as regards the second wave and also identified the importance of regular hand wash. And so today, we'll be talking about COVID-19 and gender-based violence. Studies have shown that since the inception of the pandemic, there has been a drastic increase in the rate of gender-based violence, especially among women. In our podcast today, we'll be considering the reason for the increase of gender-based violence and why women are mostly affected. We'll equally try to provide solution to this. To begin with, both the male and female have in one way or the other been violated or experienced domestic violence. But for the purpose of this podcast, we'll be looking at how this pandemic have really exposed our women folk to lots of violence and what can be done to remedy this issue. We spoke to a gender-based expert, Tony Ndidi Taiwo Ojo. Tony Ndidi Taiwo Ojo is a legal practitioner, child safety advocate, women's rights advocate, and the founder of Stop the Abuse Against Children and Women Foundation, popularly called Stop the Abuse Foundation. Tony Ndidi started by answering the question on if there was an increase in domestic violence against women during COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, as a gender-based activist, I would say there was a rise in domestic violence against women during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, uh, most women get respites when either they leave the home from the abusers or the abuser leaves home for work. You know, most women, it is their offices or their place of business or wherever they go to in the daytime, that is when they have respite from abusers. Or it is when the abuser goes to work or to his um, business place or wherever he goes to in the daytime, that is when these women at home get the respite, little respite they need. So, but um, the pandemic, you know, especially during the lockdown, People were forced to live in close proximity, were forced to you know, stay together, and so the abuses skyrocketed. It skyrocketed to the extent that at times in the middle of the night, you will be woken up you know, to intervene in cases. So yes, there was a great, a huge increase in uh, domestic violence against women during the COVID-19 pandemic. She went further to explain the factors that led to more women going through domestic violence. The leading factors that led to more women going through domestic violence during this period, like I said in my earlier response, was um, staying together of the abuser and the the survivors. Now, true economic um, reasons, you know, the economy dwindled and people's um, you know buying power also reduced a lot and um, most of these abusers you know when they they can't handle their frustrations you know easily and better and then most times they lash out at the nearest person who oftentimes is the wife or the children so um, one of the factors that led to it was 
this economic um, ec- economic um, reason. Then secondly, sadly, our government wasn't prepared, you know, for um, gender-based violence. In that, um, at that time, there was a lockdown, you know, medical doctors were enlisted as essential duties, medical and security officers were enlisted as essential duties. Meanwhile, advocates, activists, and those who run humanitarian organizations were never list- listed as such. Therefore, they could not intervene. Secondly, or the, thirdly, was that the police stations were not accepting um, victims, were not accepting reports because there was restrictions, safety protocols, um, victims could not come in to report. So there was um, a restriction and uh, access to this um, to justice delivery was very very minimal. One since there was a lockdown, they couldn't go out to even make a report. On the talk of and even when they got to the police station, the police station the gates were locked as part of their safety protocols. So it was a a huge reason. Furthermore, the government never provided you know um, um exigencies you know um especially for victims you know even eventually when the police were assessed by a victim you know he had to there was no shelter willing to take these victims we do not have women shelters as such but even the few government um, sorry private run um, and managed them um, institution uh, organization could not accept these women because they had to go through COVID um, tests for certification first, or um, they, they could not be admitted. So a lot of women had to turn back home to still go and stay in that abusive environment. Police, even when they made arrests, could not. Um, even when they when they make arrests and even charged the abusers, could not take these abusers to the prisons if they were remanded they still had to bring them back to the police station so a lot of things were not put in place for situations like this by the government we discovered that while some women were raped others were physically abused she went further to explain the different types of violence these women experience the type of violence that has been experienced most this season is the physical abuse we have also had emotional abuse and economic abuse and um, because um, some of the abusers know that the women who have lost their job may not be able to fund themselves they have also failed to provide money for the upkeep of the house and for the upkeep of their wives so the women are forced to um you know the women are forced to you know bear the hardship you know, apart from the beating, bear the economic hardship because, of course, they want to feed, um, be able to feed their children. She also narrated some of the stories these women shared with her and what her organization is doing to help them. Okay, we had several cases of um, women, um, of um, women who went through domestic violence in the home during the COVID. But there was a particular one which um, I will want to mention um, here. There was this um, lady who 
was married to an older person and um, the man has diabetes and um, diabetes hypertension so he was on medication so I think um, the medication affected his libido and uh, the next thing an abuser as an abuser he started accusing his wife of uh, witchcraft of um, engineering the loss of his um, um, manhood in that he could not perform as um, he used to he couldn't gain poten- potency he was temporarily impotent and then he got resorted to beating and um, you know in fact he nearly stabbed her that night when he was requesting that she return his manhood to him so it was in that point that um, the case was reported to us we intervened and um, we brought in a medical doctor who you know um, showed that um, it was the drugs he was taking that were affecting his um, potency as a man and um, the woman refused to press charges even though she was beaten and there were marks in fact the man broke bottles everywhere but luckily um, we were able to resolve that but unfortunately the woman has moved out she said she could not live any longer with the abuse after 23 years of such a marriage indeed there is really no justification for any form of violence on anybody and so to anyone experiencing it at the moment you can speak up our guest rounded up our interview with her by advising women undergoing domestic violence in this pandemic my word to women going through domestic violence is that they have to understand that no one can help them except themselves and um, it is better to leave a marriage to live um, a normal life than for you to be in the marriage and then die there they have a lot to offer to the world and that um, divorcee Hearing, hearing the name divorcee doesn't mean that the, that's the end of the world. In fact, it may just have been the beginning of a new life and a new chance to start afresh. So I encourage women who are going through domestic violence to seek separation first. And then if the other party is willing to seek help, you know, it will give them both of them room to reflect and know what they really want. You are still listening to Estly Podcast brought to you by the Education and Sustainable Livelihood Youth Initiative and our religious dialogue on SDG3 and COVID-19 with support from the Embassy of the United States. Your safety is our concern. Ensure to follow the NCDC guidelines on protecting yourself from COVID-19 as well as all forms of violence. Remember to wash your hands often with soap under running water for at least 20 seconds. Use alcohol-based hand sanitizer if soap and running water is not available. Wear a mask in public places and maintain a physical distance of at least 2 meters. We thank you for listening to Estly Podcast. This podcast will be produced every week and we hope you send in your contributions questions, stories, and any information you have regarding COVID-19 using our email estlyinitiative at gmail.com 
Also feel free to report any threat or violence against you using this email address. Earthly Podcast is a production of Nkechi Macaulay, Anita Graham, Mohamed Nurugoni, and Maina Emmanuel for the Education and Sustainable Livelihood Youth Initiative Interreligious Dialogue on SDG3 and COVID-19 with support from the Embassy of the United States. Till we come your way again next week, max up and stay safe. Thank you.